got to do it himself. Thomas, shake, crossover, step back. And DeBronto, young, safe, and Washington wins it. Taking nobody home, picked off by Miller. Goes ahead, lanes on the other wing. He finds oh! Welcome back. It feels like it's been forever because it kind of has to another exciting episode of On the Line, a college basketball podcast. I'm joined as always with Ben, my co-host. Ben, how was the college football? How oh, not college football? I'm already in off-season form, Ben. I'm losing it. How was the college basketball season for you? And uh, you know, what's been your biggest takeaway from it? I think it was a very exciting college basketball season. The, the tournament had all the makings of all-time tournament. With, with your Cinderella's, your Blue Bloods making it to the Final Four, uh, a really good Final Four game, just some some absolute classics, some Davis taking down Goliath in the tournament. And I thought it was a great college basketball season. I thought that there was great players that stood out, uh, led by the national champion, Oche, Oche Agbaji, one of my favorite players the whole year, and, and he really brought it uh, in the Final Four and brought his team there but there was great players that stuck out all year for all kinds of teams across the country big and small east and west and it was a great college basketball season i don't think it will be a forgettable one when we look back on it no it'll it'll be a college basketball season where i can remember off the bat significant moments uh usually you would throw out a year for me and i'd say uh was that this year was that that year um, this this season really had everything, and for us to get a 15 seed in the Elite Eight, but also have a Final Four of all Blue Bloods, the moments during the season, whether it was Texas Tech, um, that environment, every single time the Texas Texas Tech game, you know UNC upsetting Duke in Coach K's final game at Cameron, there's there's been so many memories in the regular season, let alone in the postseason. But I do want to get into the postseason real quick and uh, just tip our cap to Kansas. We haven't done a pod since Kansas won it all. So um, Kansas won it. And I, the, the thing I really want to acknowledge for Kansas this year is coming into the year, they were the, the betting favorite. And it seemed like every year 
whoever's the betting favorite, they don't usually win. It's it's tough to kind of be that wire to wire number one. And at times, yeah, Kansas stumbled and you know they drifted off that one line even to the two seed, but they they held firm. They got the one seed and they they handled their business. Um, you know, and I, I thought it was pretty cool how they said that they were <laughs> they were dedicating this year to the 2020 team because they thought the 2020 team was like even better than them, which yeah, that they were. So I, I think that's pretty funny how they dedicated to 2020 and Dayton beat them this year in Kansas. And Dayton was really the only Dayton other was team. Be a one seed in 2020. Yeah, <laughs> Dayton was going to be a one seed. Easily. No doubt. <laughs> like, oh, they OB were. Toppin was one of the oh best players my God. in the country. They were like 32 and 0. So I, I, I thought it was pretty cool how, like, we, we came full circle this year, you know, Kansas winning it and kind of solidifying maybe maybe their false 2020 national title that didn't happen. That was that was awesome. Um, and I was I was in attendance for the final four, Ben. People don't want to talk about it. Um, it was me. It was Michael Wilbon. It was Tony Kornheiser. Um, no, and, but uh, don't forget Lane Kiffin. Yeah, Lane Lane Kiffin wasn't the um Lane Kiffin was at fact. the um final four. Um fun story. He actually kicked our friend out of out of his seat. Um our friend, he likes to buy it, buy a ticket, get in there and and just go as low as he can go. You know, go as low as he can go. And and he went a little too low and, and got kicked out by Lane Kiffin. So that was a hell of a story. Um, I have a hell of a story, Ben. And the story goes that you know, at these events, if you're lucky enough to get in a suite, which I was because I had the big media, the big J media pass, as you know, um, and I got to go. So I was in the suite. And if you're ever in a suite at an event like this, whether it's a Final Four, a national title, hell, even a Saints game, just go in the hallway in between quarters and halves and just walk and just walk the hallway and see who you can see. And the first time through, I saw Christian Leitner. He was in the suite next to mine. I saw Christian Leitner. He was in this UNC and Duke mix suite. I wanted no part of it. I said, that's Christian Leitner. However, as I was patrolling the hallway in between games one and two, do you know who I saw? You know I, who I saw. I know who you saw, but tell the people. I saw my favorite college basketball personality, one of my favorite players of all time, the one and only Bill Walton was in a suite and I, I just sat in the hallway and I stared at him and this lady comes up to me and says, would you like to like, would you like something signed by him? And I was like, well, yeah, but I don't have anything. And she just gave me this picture that you see behind me, brother Benji of Bill Walton playing at UCLA. It is signed. Um, so I, yeah, I, I got a, I got a signed Bill Walton picture and I got to see the man in person. Uh, it was it was great a great experience and obviously the game the game itself and you know the games themselves even Villanova and Kansas was a great game as well but the the big game UNC Duke it was it was everything we could have asked for and to be in attendance at that I mean that was a that was a top five game ever for me definitely being in person it was it was incredible so very thankful for uh, my dad for making that happen. And um, yeah, it was, it was just a great time. Um, and I'm really glad I got to do it. So yeah, that's, that's, the how final met, f- that's how I met Kim Kardashian one time. Oh yes. Yes. Walking walk the halls in the suites. With, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. She was dating uh, our old friend, Reggie Bush. Yes. Yes. Close personal friend, Reggie Bush. Reggie, feel free to come on the pod. Do you have anything else with the final four? I mean, it was, it was an awesome uh, final four. Yeah. It was uh, a great final four. I was just, uh, want to talk about the season as a whole. Same. I just thought that we'd recognize some, some great teams that we had this season. Uh, Obviously, we talk about Gonzaga, you know, probably not as good as the team they had last year, but we'll remember Chet Holmgren, I think, for a while, just a very unique player to come through college basketball and the way he teamed up with Drew Timmy. The revitalization of Arizona this year was one of the best stories in college basketball. They were expected to come in. I want to I say the media voted them sixth or eighth in the Pac-12 this year. Not only did they win, they absolutely dominated the league the entire year. It was the uh, – was a one seat going to the tournament. Uh, Baylor was also very good in the Big 12, as always. Um, we saw Auburn flash at number one for a long time this year. Not a traditional big uh, basketball school, but Jabari Smith was an incredible talent to come through college basketball, along with Walker Kessler, who we did not who made expect. Us, uh, he made us eat our words. National Defensive Player of the Year. He, he was awesome. Kentucky with... Um, to Shibwe, who is coming back for next year. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of people coming back, I mean, the most gracious. dominant rebounder we've seen ever. Is uh, he going to average? You think he's going to uh, average might, twenty it, next year? It might be ever, but of course, this Duke team with Paulo Bencaro and then uh, Purdue. Purdue flashed number one for a while at the beginning of the season as well. They, they kind of lost steam to the end of the year, but they had another great team. Uh, Matt Painter does a great job at Purdue. But don't uh, forget when uh, Indiana was back for like all of two seconds. Got to got to shout out Indiana basketball. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've made some friends actually in Denver who are from Indiana. So I give them a lot of grief about Indiana basketball and tell them how it's the mecca of basketball, but they can barely like win a tournament game. So. Yeah, two more teams I wanted to mention. Murray State had the best year in their school history, probably 31-3 and three this year, and looks like it's been blown all up and they'll have to start all over again. But uh, a great collection of talent in a mid-major program this past year for Murray State. And then the last team was Providence. Uh, people call them lucky all year. People call them whatever you want to call them. They were a good basketball team. They have a great head coach. And I'll tell you this, Casey, they will have a way more talented team next, next season. Way more talented, so uh, we'll, we'll they, see what they have problems yeah. next year. They they apps in my eyes they won the transfer portal by a billion. Oh, yeah, you and I going to going to Providence, Rhode Island for for a game. Now that now that's the on the line <laughs> trip happened. we need. You never know. Yeah, you and I going in there betting against Providence on the on the spread, taking Providence on the money line, middling the hell out of the number. Um, and just, you know, sit behind the bench with Ed Cooley. Um, but for me, I'll, I'll shout out a few teams. A team that I, I thought for sure you were going to mention, they got screwed more than anyone because uh, it definitely wasn't A&M who got screwed the most. It was this team, the Bellarmine Knights. They, I mean, 19 and 13, they played Gonzaga, Purdue, probably played Kansas. I mean, a- you can name any big time college basketball team and the Bellarmine Knights pretty much played them last year to start the year. They, they don't dribble the ball offensively. They pass the ball. You've heard me say it a hundred times and 
Yeah, I, I, they, they got yeah, screwed over. They got robbed. Of, they got they got absolutely robbed of playing in the in the NCAA tournament because they were, for lack of better terms, too good. They transitioned from Division Two Division to Division One, well. and they transitioned too well. Uh, another thing I want to remember, and I'm going to just shout shout out this group all together is the other teams in the WCC, San Francisco. You know, Bouye giving us that unbelievable game against Murray State. One of the games for the ages, going absolutely nuclear, had 37. That San Francisco team, you know, phenomenal year. Obviously, they're going to have to regroup because their coach is now at Florida. So that's part of being on the mid-major life. Someone who didn't lose their coach and had a phenomenal year, and they finally slayed the giant, the St. Mary's Gales. I do want to give them a huge shout-out. Great tournament win. Obviously, you know, didn't go as far as they won in the tournament, but for them to finally get Gonzaga at home, that was a massive moment for them. I do want to shout them out. And, I, you know, I, I get it. The Mountain West didn't show up again in the tournament. And I think a lot of it has to do with the altitude and that home, home environment. But as someone who got to go to a home Mountain West game, I get it. The Mountain West, the Mountain West won my heart. I, would, I just want to shout out all those teams: Wyoming, Colorado State, Fresno State, Boise, Boise. Uh, so, Al, even UNLV and our beloved Jordan McCabe. I want to shout them all out. But yeah, it's, uh, even it was even a great Utah year. State. There were a bunch of good teams in Mountain West this year, and. Uh... Seems like Wyoming's gonna bring back a lot of their guys, uh, minus yeah, Jeffries. So I, I would yeah, think Jeffries Wyoming's declared for the draft, right? Yeah, he's declaring for Good the for draft. Him. Good for him. He deserves it. He's he's a great shooter, but I, I don't know. <laughs> Go get your back, Jeffries. I just don't know where, if it'll be in the NBA, my friend. But uh, Hunter Molinaro declared while keeping his eligibility. I think he's gonna come it. back almost definitely. So we'll get to see him play again, which is always a joy. Speaking I, I of that, Casey, what were some of, some of your favorite players from this season? Favorite players from the year, man. Uh, it's it's got to be Tevin Brown is is definitely up there. You know, Tevin, if you're listening, I know you are. Please transfer to LSU. Join your teammates, Justice Hill and and Trey Hannibal. I think that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, just just. Just come home to Baton Rouge where you really belong. I know you're not from Baton Rouge, but it's going to be your new home if you come and you can just launch from the PMAC logo. Um, you'll love it here. So Tevin Brown's definitely someone who who caught my eye. Also, another one, Tavian Dunmartin. If you're sensing a trend, it's I love little guards who can pull up from three. Tavian Dunmartin from Florida Gulf Coast was electric this year, and he was a blast to watch. So I do want to shout him out. And... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and shout out some of the big, the big school. Uh, I, I love Jabari Smith. Um, you'll, you'll be hearing more about him when we do draft coverage, but I love Jabari Smith. I think Jabari Smith's an electric player. I love Tari Eason. Same thing. There's flaws in Tari Eason's game, but Tari Eason plays like Will Smith in the basketball episodes of Fresh Prince. I, I, I love him. I love his second bounce. Um, I love his versatility. He's a He's gonna, you know, he's gonna steal the ball and he's gonna dunk all over you. So those are those those are two two players from the small conferences, two players from the big conferences, 
And then at last, I'll finish it off with my guy, Oscar Schwebway. Um, I'm glad he's coming back because I, I want to keep watching him. However, I'm kind of upset because he's coming back because the NBA, I don't think the NBA really views him. They don't him value him. They don't value him. And, and that's a shame. Because also he's, he's coming back because I think he's got two million dollars in NIL deals already. Yeah, well, that is that is part of this now is that you're gonna everyone's like, oh, you know, I was NIL gonna help these schools because you're gonna have guys like this in college basketball who why would you go be a second round pick, fight for a team when you can come back to your big school and make buku money? Uh, so that's why UNC is getting Caleb Love, RJ Davis, um. Baycott's back. Baycott's back. Leaky Black's back. Thank God, Leaky Black's back. Um, Leaky Black wouldn't go anywhere with the result. <laughs> Dude, Leaky Black's going to be an unreal defender. I think I really do think Leaky Black's going to play in the NBA just off of his defense alone. You can see him getting to be like a, um, like a Tony Allen. Yeah, no, exactly. Where it's like you're you, look, you're four and five on offense, but defensively, it's like you have an extra. But it's four guy on four on, on the other exactly. side. Exactly. Yeah, taking because, out the other dude. Yeah, he's taking out that guy. Uh yeah, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna think of a few other players to to shout out as as guys I love, but but who are some who are some people you loved? The first one, uh I'm so glad the world got introduced to him this year was Hyung Jung Lee. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad he got a primetime tournament game, even though they lost really close to Michigan State to, to really show his skills. I mm-hmm. still think that he'll play in the NBA one day. I'm not sure if he's going to go this year or next year. What's up with that? But an electric score, um, you know, we didn't mention this team, but they definitely need to be mentioned as teams. Well, I remember it was the South Dakota State team, 18-0 and in the Summit League, and Douglas Willison was, was great for them all year. Their, their whole Charles, team was, Charles Easley. Yeah, My man was whole, shooting like 50% from three with volume. Uh, San, San Diego State is going to be back too because yeah, I don't think their guys are really going anywhere unless no. it's through the portal, but I haven't, I haven't really heard any of that either. No. Um, Caleb Love and Brady Manick had mean, two of the you best. You mean Brady Bird? Had two of the best shooting runs in an NCAA tournament uh, I've ever seen. I mean, they were just both absolutely nails for three, four games in a row. Absolutely could not miss. Big shots down the stretch. Everything under the sun you want from uh, from big-time players at a school like North Carolina. Wait, wait quick question on uh, Caleb Love. Mm-hmm. Trey Burke's, I believe it was 2013, Trey, Trey Burke's 2013 run or Caleb Love's 2022 run? I'll take Trey Burks, but it, it's the manic love package. They, they exactly. took turns. I agree. They I took agree. turns and making big shots over and Burke, over. Yeah, like because Burke didn't really have anyone except for you know obviously Spike Albright. But Spike Albright made some big shots. So this is <laughs> I'm not disrespecting Spike Albright. I'd never disrespect Spike Albright. Remember Brady Heslip for Baylor? Absolutely. He was good. All right, uh, Sorry. Out of the Big East, Jared Bynum with. Probably the six man performance of the year, or Tara East and one of those guys. Jared Bynum was was awesome for Providence. They were called one of the luckiest teams because they won a lot of big games. And Jared Bynum made a bunch of big shots at the end mm-hmm. of, of a bunch of close games. Great player. Uh, I want to shout out Sheed or Shed from Houston, Jamal Shed. 
I believe, uh, really stepped up and became the point guard and leader of that team after Marcus Sasser went down. And then, you know, we talk about all the, the Mountain West teams, but they just had great players. David Roddy was was one of the best players in the country. Uh, Hunter Maldonado had his moments as well. Just, just some great players out of the Mountain West. And then my favorite player of this year was probably Benedict Matherin from Arizona, who really spearheaded their uh, their revival this season, or Tommy Lloyd. Just a great player. I, I think he excels at the NBA level. I think he has all the tools, and I'll be rooting for him. He's He was one of my favorite players this year. Just the way he plays, his demeanor and his attitude, and his uh, willingness to help his teammates constantly. And that's why the entire Arizona team was successful all season. Is David Roddy coming back? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm trying to find out. It's tough to even know if these people have eligibility anymore. Yeah, and the other thing is a lot of them are, are declaring with eligibility or declaring without hiring an agent. So you really, really won't know until, you know, two weeks before the draft, a week before the draft, whenever they pull their name out or not. It's just, just the age we live in. You can really declare for the draft whenever you want and come back whenever you want. You can submit your name to the portal. You can still come back to that school. It's just... You really don't figure a lot of things out until probably what August or late July of like really what teams are going to look like it for the upcoming season. Any moments you want to shout out? Because I just want to talk about the Texas Tech crowd. That's that's really what I'm going to remember about the 2022 season was the Texas Tech crowd bullying Chris Beard all well, year. How about my? F- what it was even better than the Texas Tech home games when they took over at Texas. Yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was great. Even better. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Texas was trying to price them out. Yep. Yeah. What they were was... trying to do was they left a lot of s- seats open to only uh fans with University of Texas student or employee IDs. That's that's what they tried to end up doing to to limit the Texas Tech crowd, but they still got in there and made a made great noise. Uh I'll remember the border war. I'll remember Coach K's retirement night where the UNC came in there and beat him. Uh, I don't think we'll forget that one for a long time. Um, a lot of great moments this season. As far as LSU, uh, I think I'll remember the week where we, we beat Kentucky and Tennessee back-to-back, and it really looked like this was one of the better teams in the country, especially defensively. Uh, and I also remember the regular season finale against Alabama, the overtime win. It just felt like getting over some sort of hump against Nate Oates, where it just didn't feel like we had beat Alabama a whole bunch since he got there. So, so that felt really good to beat them the way we did in overtime. So, um, yeah, a, a lot of memorable moments. Yeah, for me, it would like LSU moment exclusively. It would, you know. <laughs> It's gonna sound funny, but as much as I like have been mixed about this player's uh, career at LSU, the Eric Gaines Texas AM game where he like took over and we needed a win. We desperate we were sliding. Like, we, we, needed we needed a win so bad. And Eric Gaines has this block where he just meets the guy at the rim. And he also had several plays where he was you know, getting to the whole of his elite athleticism. And then obviously his elite athleticism 
came full on display against our loss to Iowa State, where I, I've never seen a human walk in the air, but Air Gaines walked in the air and swatted the ever living you know what out of that ball. I've never seen a block like that. Um, I've seen I've seen Chase down blocks. I, I've never seen one like that. That was that he was insane. Before the other guy even jumped, like he just he floated just, in the air and was just like the ball got up there. Like, <laughs> my favorite part of the block is is him cocking his hand back, like, and just I mean he like it was like Will Smith, you know, I mean comical. Will Smith, Will Smith, Will Smith. There's see <laughs> now we get the views, Ben. But um. Anything else sticking out is, I mean, just St. Peter's, right? I mean, that Absolutely. that was that was incredible. So, uh, shout shout out to St. Peter's, um, Shaheen Holloway, new, the new, Big Twelve. Uh, I think I think coach. sticks out in my mind. The Big Twelve, one of the most probably the most competitive conference all season long, had extremely extremely elite teams fighting at the top. Yeah. Texas Tech, uh, it just seemed like every two two games a week in the Big Twelve were top five top 10 matchups in the country. It was an absolute war this season in the big 12 and um, credit for Baylor and Kansas coming out on top in the regular season and tournament title respectively. They did a lot of work. Texas tech was great as well this year. Um, I think we'll look back at Texas tech as this is the start of kind of a, a little run for them. I, I, I don't think the momentum slows down for this Texas tech red Raider program. No, I, I think the momentum is only going up. Um, you, you know, funny story. I had an Uber uh, to the Coors. I went to the Rockies game the other night, and the, the Uber was a Texas Tech fan, and I got to talking to him about um, college basketball. And it seems like Texas Tech is now just a basketball city. Like, it's a ba- like Lubbock's just a basketball town now because that's, that's, like, all he wanted to talk about was, like, Texas Tech basketball – what Mark Adams is building there, how excited they are about the recruiting. And I was just like, okay. So I, I think Texas Tech's about to really start moving forward, especially now that I think Duke and Villanova may come back down to earth a little bit. Just just a tad, just a tad. I think they'll look back and they'll be happy that Chris Beard left them. I agree. I agree with that. Anything else before we get uh, just, you know, wrapping up, wrapping up the year, wrapping up the 2022 regular season, the 2022 postseason and transitioning into uh, the 2022 offseason, uh, 2022 NBA draft, more importantly for Ben and I. And, you know, some recruiting stuff as well as previewing next year. That's that's going to that's going to be all offseason. We're going to have a lot of content, a lot of draft content coming out next week. Um, big boards dropping. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think we'd, re- we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Will Wade era ending and the Matt McMahon era starting in Baton Rouge. And it looks like it's going to be a couple, tough couple years, but I do think that uh, Scott Woodward made a good decision in the hire. And I think that Matt McMahon will be a good coach here for a long time. Um, you know, the talent level is definitely going to drop next year, but I, I think he's brought in some interesting pieces and brought back some interesting pieces. Uh, I think the addition of Justice Hill is is going to be intriguing to see, you know, if it's his offense to run or not. And he, I, I think LSU fans will like watching him play. He's not going to be one of the better point guards in the SEC, but he's going to be fun to watch. 
he's going to be a fast player. He's going to play fast. He's going to shoot. I think his uh, shot attempts will go a lot up from last year at Murray State. And um, I'm excited to see Justice Williams come back. I, I thought that he's we saw some good moments from him last year. Uh, what really stuck out to me was him coming in with zero minutes and going into the Auburn at Auburn game, first ACC game of the season, and giving them a quality 15 minutes, 12 minutes, whatever they did, made a couple of jump shots. I think the kid has a future in the, in the college basketball game. And uh, I've always been a fan of him, Wani Wilkinson. I, I'm happy that he's coming back. I think he's you could put him on any team in America and he would contribute positively to that team. He plays great defense. I think his corner jump shooting and maybe even uh, other scoring abilities get better during this offseason as they did last offseason. And so uh, I think there's some intriguing pieces on this LSU team. They're not going to be very good, but I think that they uh, they have enough to put an exciting product on the floor. I think they'll definitely go three guards. Um, they'll go. They'll probably start Justice Williams, Trey Hannibal, and Justice Hill. The two justices. Oh God, uh, that'll be fun. Realized- Double juice. <laughs> Juice and juice, baby. Double juice. Juice squared. All right. Juice squared with Trey. I like it. Um, yeah, no, they're gonna go like 14 and 16. Don't get me wrong, but they'll be they'll be fun. They'll play hard. And then next year, hopefully, we'll have a uh recruiting class with a pulse. I do want to say this this transfer season's not even close to over. Uh, there's still no an incredible amount of good players in the transfer yeah. portal. There's still a lot of players who have submitted their names to the draft that will not go into the draft, that will come back, that will go in the transfer portal. It's just a long offseason in college basketball. And I think it's going to get to the point where we see, you know, we thought that COVID year was kind of a kind of a, um, a one-off where we saw half the college basketball world go into the transfer portal. And we thought, oh, no, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be like that almost every single season. I yeah. just really do. If it's so easy to transfer to another school to play like that, basketball isn't like football so much where you have to really earn the earn the trust of coaches. And, you know, there's so many guys at a school for football in a position group. Like what, LSU football team probably has – Six running backs on their on their team or something Dude, like that. More than that, but they have like close to ten. I mean, one of them was transferred they, away, and it's like they probably have like seventeen wide receivers. Yeah, it's just not <laughs> like that in basketball. There's yeah. just so much turnover. If it's a really good team, you know, guys leave after one year, after two years, and uh, guys come and go. They transfer in and out. So it seems like every single team in the country is going to pick up transfers. Every single team is going to have people transfer out. And it's just going to be a constant cycle of keeping up with this. I think every if you're not paying attention hard over the offseason, every single start of the college basketball season, you're going to be like, I know that guy, but he did not play on this team <laughs> Yeah, last he didn't year. play for them last year. He got and traded. It's, yes, it's, he did. It's going to be like that, uh, I think, for years and years and years to come. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you and I have been talking about this, and um, it's – it's something that's becoming abundantly clear is is like this is very much minor major leagues to me. Like you have guys who go off in their small conference. Nellie Cummings, he went off in the Patriot League. Yes, a few and, last year. Yeah, and and now he transfers. Where did Nellie, where did Nellie Cummings end up? Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's Pittsburgh. So um, I mean. 
And then also we have Ben Vanderplas today from Ohio University. <laughs> oh, who, well, that, the funniest one about that one. College yeah. Well, the funniest one about that one to me is that he played like he played against Virginia. So like Tony Bennett watched him in the tournament, lost to him and James Preston. And I was like, that guy's pretty good. Eh, noted. And then two years later, it's like, hey, you want to come back? You want to come play for my team? Yeah. And. I think you're going to see more and more of that. Yeah. But you're, you're like, right. It is becoming minor major league to where if you just pop one year at one of these small schools, mm-hmm. I think you get opportunity at on the, one of the biggest stages in, uh, in college basketball. And I'm not sure how I feel about that one way or the other on one. It's exciting because you always think, you know, these players and we always say these players that are huge players in mid major. They can play on any team in the country. Well, now we're going to see it almost every single year. We're going to see those great players in mid-major play on one of the best teams in the country next year. And um, there's going to be failures and there's going to be successes and we'll find out who the dogs are. Yeah, we'll definitely find out who the dogs are. Um, I think you and I over the year, over this offseason, we'll definitely have to assign a single A, double A, triple A, or major value to all conferences because, uh, well, it's the offseason. You have nothing else to talk about. But yeah, starting next week, we will start with our draft coverage. We're going to go down our big boards and go down all the prospects that people care about. Probably we'll go further down the prospect list than people care about. But um, yeah, obviously everyone's excited about NBA basketball during the playoffs. Our New Orleans Pelicans are going to be involved in both conversations. I mean, what a place to be in the playoff talk and also talking about who you're going to draft in the lottery. It's a great situation to be in and uh, not not so much the case for all the other lottery teams, but in the offseason, you look towards hope, you look towards the draft, and I think there's a bunch of good players in this draft that are going to excel at the next level. Yeah, a few few sleepers in the draft who will definitely, you know, fall to the second round um, or maybe even just go undrafted, you know, and and that's something that drives you and I nuts. And that's that's like why we watch college basketball is because you watch college basketball, you look at someone like Jalen Brunson and you say Jalen Brunson's a damn good player. Why don't teams draft Jalen Brunson? Jalen Brunson lasts the second round. The Mavericks get him and Jalen Brunson is dropping 40 points in playoff games. Um, Jose Alvarado. Yeah, Jose Alvarado is getting you know, eight second counts and, you know, like on one of the best point guards of all time. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then Fred Van Vliet, yeah. max contract guy, <laughs> undrafted free agent. All of these guys, insanely good college players. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to get into the draft coverage. It's, it's definitely my favorite part of the calendar is just watching, watching the players, you know, so, some of the guys we've watched all year. So, you know, we don't have to watch nearly as much to know what they do well and what they don't do well. Um, but others, you know, like for me, the last week's been Shaden Sharp. I mean, I mean, he went to Kentucky, I guess, but he didn't play. He sat out all year, um, declared, declared for the draft this year. And we're going to see. Um, I'm excited to get into the G League and the international guys that, um, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't watched them all year. All I know is there's a guy, there's a guy named Nikola Jovich. I have seen him. I've seen him mocked uh, to the Spurs heavily. He he will be a first round pick. Yeah, and everyone will be confused until the end of time. 
yeah uh jovage and jokage yeah that's that's not gonna be good um i've also watched uh jalen hardy jaden hardy jaden hardy he's a bucket a lot a lot of things wrong with his game but he's a bucket uh we said the same things about kaminga last year yeah yeah i was yeah i wasn't as high on kaminga the the g league's weird because I don't know. I don't know if there's. I don't know if we have a good sense of what a good prospect supposed to look like in that league yet. Um, it's so like that. That concept's so new to us. We we almost have certain. We, we have translatable skills to um, international players. Like we can say, okay, here's what international prospects have done. But to throw an 18, That's 17, so 18, 19 year old kid into the G League is is a is a very new concept. So. Again, all like always, don't scout stats, scout the traits. I agree. Don't watch highlights, watch the film. Yeah, don't yeah. You can I mean if you want to just like watch the highlights to like get you get yourself amped before you watch the film, sure. Like do that. That's fun. I like watching highlights, it's fun. But you know, type in so and so all possessions. See see what they Scouting do well. Report. Yes, scouting report. Uh, you know, these players will mess up. I promise you. Like they're they're not perfect. Every single shot does not go in. They will mess up, and find out why they mess up. Luckily, Casey, the viewers out there will not have to do that because we're gonna be doing all that for them, yep. and we're gonna be telling you all about it. And so that will be coming up in the weeks and uh, just under two months ahead until the NBA draft in June. Yeah, I'm June, excited. Right? Yeah, I'm it's, excited in, it's in June. Uh, and, you know, I, I, the thing I'm really excited about is we're going to get out ahead of our draft stuff now so that if, like, if Shaden Sharp goes to the combine, he draft and he, you know, jumps a 48-inch vert, we can come back and be like, hey, like, we were high on him before, but now that he, you know, is almost jumping 50 inches in the air, we might have to re- rearrange some things. Um, but at the same time, I say it every year, and I don't know how you feel about it. I don't. I don't care what these guys shoot in an empty gym. Like they're they're unbelievable players, guys and girls. They're gonna shoot. I promise you, every single player in college basketball, besides like centers, is gonna shoot like seventy of a hundred from three. Like they're they're unbelievable. Like you can you can find D three guys who are gonna go eighty of a hundred. Like so. Alas, we appreciate it as always. Uh, like, subscribe, find us at on the line NCA on Twitter. Um, we're gonna be we're gonna be here all off, off season covering the draft, covering college basketball transfer portal, college basketball recruiting, uh, the coaching cycle. Farewell, Jay Wright. I didn't say it at the beginning. Thank you for a great career. Can't think of a a bigger coach leaving a bigger program this year and and doing that transition is going to be really tough for Villanova. Um, you know, I don't think there's a single program out there who can relate to having a coach who's won multiple championships with you for 20 plus years. And now he's going to step away and for him to do it in such an unselfish and classy way, Ben, it's, yeah. it's just great. And we're going to have all that coverage right here on, on the line of college basketball podcast. See ya. See ya.